Oh, g'day. The winners, people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. At the 600, it's still Coastal Prince bowling along in front. Still a half a dozen lengths to Robig now on what's bike and starting to move. They were followed then by Fia Rally, born to succeed. And then came Super Rose and Jamoka's back on the inside last of all. Starting to come back a little bit, Coastal Prince into the straight. Led by about a length and a half, but now coming out of this Robig. Robig moves up on the outside of Coastal Prince and shot for the lead. Here is Super Rose starting to storm home. It's Robig, Super Rose, Fiorelli trying to go for a run between them and Born to Succeed is running on, but it's Super Rose. Super Rose in front, two good big Robig, Fiorelli third and Born to Succeed was not a bad run. That was Super Rose winning for Pietro Romeo who had a birthday during the weekend. Maria Patera scoring there at Innisfail on Saturday as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab Rounding up all of the country news. News on that in this file program today will tell you about a couple of new apprentices who were in the limelight at Bowen on Saturday. The Battle of the Bush is starting to loom and there's a few horses starting to put their hooves up to, or hooves up, I suppose I should say, to be able to say, think about me for the Battle of the Bush qualifiers. We'll uh, talk about some of those as we have a look back at some of the results out of Blackhall and Thangool on the weekend. We're also going to touch on the Nuremark Cup news out of Mount Isa and plenty of other news as we roll through a big action-packed show coming away today. Today. It's always helping us out with all of that news. This is Rob Lark. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning to our listeners. And yes, we, we roll on towards the big weekend coming up, of course, with the Sunday and Monday Birdsville Cup meeting 2021 22. And uh, looking forward to that meeting. But uh, as we heard, Pietro Romeo, happy birthday to him. And he's welcomed himself back to the far north, Tony, with multiple winners lately. And this one for Maria Pateras, Super Rose, another super one getting up in the benchmark. The Larson News Benchmark 65, a fellow news agency. Good to see uh, with sponsorship up there at Innisfail. Uh, def- defeating a very uh, consistent horse in Robic and Fiorelli. But Pietro Romeo uh, really making a mark back up in the far north. So uh, good to see him back in the saddle there. But it was Frankie Edwards that scored the double there. Firstly for Ricky Ludwig on the sneaky, on sneaky truth to spill the beans. Three-year-old that was odds-on defeating laterally. And Matthew James in the maiden plate after two seconds at Cairns at recent runs. And Frank uh, also with uh, Shiny Morrison with Cheyenne Beach, a Hinchinbrook having its first run for the stable, took the uh, cutest benchmark 50 from Danger One and uh, Arawello. And, of course, the other winner was on the program, uh, Freddie Whelan and uh, Stephen Wilson combining with Yoshi Toronaga, uh, which took the Innisfail Woodworkers benchmark 55 over the 1,200, defeating Rose of Athens. And uh, Craig Lee Simmons, Simmons and I, Simo, and I did miss one. Macedon Flyer for Daryl Paradise and Amanda Thompson took the Class 6 plate over Sparkly Star and Bet on Love. Smaller fields are up there for the day, uh, but good to see Frank Edwards with that double up there at uh, Innisfail and uh, particularly Pietro Romeo continuing on the uh, winning return, Tony, in the far north. Yes, he'd had a double the week before at the Cairns program and a winner the week before that at Townsville, so it's good to see Pietro, as you say, back in the north and, and back scoring winners. And talking about some of those uh, tab meetings like that Cairns card, uh, having a look at uh, some of the other tab results that came through th- uh, through the week, Saturday, it was wonderful to see uh, all of the action at Kilcoy on Sky on Saturday because uh, basically a month ago, Kilcoy track was underwater. There was some uh, aerial shots uh, taken by drone 
showing the uh, the track totally flooded and you could only just make out the running rail uh, that they just showed you instead of being a lake it was actually a racetrack because you could see oval of the racetrack below it but a wonderful job there by Consul and his hard-working team at Kilcoy to get everything back up and running. And the Butler McDermott Lawyers Kilcoy Diggers Cup won by Likerbeel for Siren Falk and Patrick Busserton. Siren rode a double on the program there on Saturday. At the uh, TAB program the day before on Friday, uh, Ryan Wiggins and Ricky Vale combined for a treble and yet another treble for Justin Stanley. Judd just seems to keep on racking up winner after winner at these uh, these meetings. And uh, that was the case also for Chelsea Jokic and Ash Butler, who each rode doubles at the TAB program last Tuesday. Tim Cook and Jared Wheeler with training doubles there. So nice to see that success for those riders and those stables at the TAB meetings through the week. Uh, brilliant work, Tony. And uh, Kilcoy, that was uh, amazing how they got that meeting, those meetings back up and running after such destruction uh, and uh, the Mooney Valley of the North, as it's referred to. Mm. We had uh, quite a few uh, meetings on the weekend. You touched on there that there were smaller fields in this farm. We had a couple of those meetings on the weekend that uh, did seem to have a few jockeys out of action. One of those was Nuremar, but they still managed to uh, manage to get through the program, including the time-honoured Nuremar Cup. As they come down to the 400-metre mark and uh, make their way up this big, long Nuremar straight, turning into the straight now, and Pitfiata on the inside leads another plan from the outside. Forged in stones, battling away back in third position with 300 to go. Another plan right in the middle of the track goes up on the outside of Rinviata, who's in the fight, 200 to go. It's Rinviata over on the far in those pink colours and another plan who's peaked on its run but Red Viada goes for home in the cup Red Viada salute to the crowd Paul Randall wins by five lengths to another plan and forged in zone last of the trio it's only been a field of three Rob Red Viada saluting there for Paul Randall and Wayne Baker in the Waters Henry and Davy Nuremar Cup but uh, certainly sounded like the crowd were into it and it's always wonderful to hear the crowd cheering at these country meetings Oh, it's got that atmosphere about it and the setting of Nurema itself. As Andrew Watts is about to tell us and our listeners exactly where Nurema is because he's done the long trek out there many times and had the unique experience of uh, starting with four horse fields and reducing to three on the day. Good morning to you, Wattsy. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. And yes, uh, Nurema, uh, it's certainly my furthest trek for the year. And uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, east of Cunnamulla, about 100 k's out on a property, funnily enough, by the name of Nurema. And uh, of course, it's one of those places you don't have phone signal, there's no ATM, no fuel, so you've got to be nice and prepared. But it's, it's a wonderful meeting uh, that attracts people from, um, a lot of people from south of the border as well. Uh, from places like Burke and neighbouring um, properties and, of course, people from Cunnamulla and, in fact, all around the southwest. And one of our left-handed tracks, we say it every year, there are four in Queensland, including Birdsville coming up this weekend, Nurema, Tarum and Baduri. And uh, it was a unique experience when you start with... I mean, they have have a bit of a problem each year, don't they, at Nurema in terms of jockey numbers. Uh, but you were able to start with four for the day, but reduced to uh, three later on with James Baker being stood down. Yeah, James took ill. Um, in fact, he was uh, assessed after race one and uh, was passed fit to ride. And then uh, similarly after race two and the ambulance um, officials just, uh, you know, for, for safety reasons. And it was the right decision to, to stand uh, James down. He's suffering uh, from a pre-existing medical condition. And, uh, of course, he spent the night in Cunnamulla Hospital uh, for observations. And I did see a post yesterday where he was making tracks back to uh, Newcastle where he's been uh, working and riding for Chris Lees. So um, it was a bit of a shame throughout the day. And, look, it is it is an issue each and every year at Nirma. Last year, I think 
five jockeys. And, of course, um, that was with the help of Brian Dixon and some of those southern trainers who bring their own rider. I know Robert does beg the question, how do we get a couple of extra jockeys there? I mean, um, geographically, Niram is probably... It, it's a it's a mission for most people to get there, uh, but the prize money on offer was good, and it was just a little bit of a shame. And um, I don't by any means mean to be negative, but it does it sort of doesn't do the meeting justice with only three and four runners. No, it doesn't. But it's one of those places where it attracts the crowd uh, too, Andrew. And uh, I imagine the crowd mm-hmm. size was good, and maybe that's the advertising gimmick, if you like, with it. That it's one of those places, I suppose, like Birdsville. Uh, maybe you've got to go there. Uh, once in a lifetime, and if you keep having that attitude each year, you you can uh, you can build it up with um, trainers, jockeys, and crowd numbers. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, it brought the the uh, member for Warrigo, Anne Lay, was there. The the mayor of Paru, um, Suzette Beresford. It you know brings people together, and and you know how important these meetings are to the social fabric of the community. And yeah, right, it is a very unique meeting, and we probably saw two hundred and fifty there uh, for the day. And of course, it was a day full of. Uh, wonderful racing and of course they party on into the night they love a party uh, these particular meetings <clears throat> the money was there to be won and uh, Gary Bignall was fortunate in in a winning double but also Ross Tilly with a treble and Paul Randall with a double so the honours fairly evenly share take us through the program uh, from Saturday yeah, we we started with uh, race one, the Mirage Land and Water Benchmark 65, and it was over the 1,000 metres. And past the card, um, came into the race with uh, good race fitness, uh, formerly trained um, down south. It was the first uh, run it has had for Gary Bignall and Scott Waters and co. And it was very impressive in the run to the line, one by three lengths hard held over Tour Master. Now, this is a one to follow, Rob. I know its last start was in the country stampede back in December really objected to going the other way was on the wrong leg the whole way around and uh, only went down by three lengths for William Pugsley and Paul Randall and Toco Dioro uh, finished in third for Mark Johnson and Ben Moffat race two and the cutest money went off with Voigt uh, trained by Nicole Shields out of Gunnedah Nicole Shields just having a small team down there and travelled all the way up to uh, take the cutest money that was the second leg of Ross Tilly's winning double and it was a very impressive win over Candy Dawn for Wayne Baker and James Baker and the third horse Armani Blaze trained by James Hatch and ridden by Paul Randall. Race three well they often say the roughy in the small field and that was the case with Bally Castle. Now this one trained out of Burke and when I did the post race interview with James Hatch he was quick to um, correct me he's actually 200 k's from Burke but it just happens to be the closest town so uh, great to see James there his horse looked absolutely immaculate in the yard and it was the first leg of uh, Paul Randall's winning double won easily over Sky Touch by two lengths for Mark Johnson and Ben Moffat and Matilda some distance away in third but uh, again another story uh, Bally Castle actually called it winning at Cunnamulla uh, last July and it hadn't had to start since and of course James uh, the uh, reasoning for that was COVID he couldn't cross over the border and come to any of our meetings so Bally Castle now three starts for two wins and looks to have a bit of a future you heard the cup on the introduction that was Rinviata and it was a big win for Wayne Baker, Paul Randall, and uh, Galar Racing, uh, the team out of Cunnamulla. They love their horses. And Rinviata basically led throughout to win by five lengths. Over the favourite, another plan for Gary Bignall and Ross Tilly, and forged in stone in third for John Patterson and Ben Moffat. Uh, Paul Randall won the Cup with high cost last year and made it back-to-back Cups, uh, winning with Rinviata this year. 
And the last race was won by Boom Shake the Rune. It was the second leg of Gary Bignall's winning double, the third leg of Ross Tilly's winning treble, and uh, another all the way winner as the dollar seventy favourite. Won by five lengths over Funky Farm for young Monique Gavin of Cunnamullapur Randall in the saddle, and Classic Wind uh, in third position for Mark Johnson and Ben Moffat. Boom Shake the Rune, funnily enough, uh, broke its maiden at Nirama back in 2019 and uh, subsequent starts. I think it was win seven there on Saturday back to Nirama and uh, very impressive. And a couple of those Gary Bignall horses will certainly be worth following uh, at Birdsville next week. Yeah, past the card is one of those gallopers I think I've seen nominated. I'm just waiting to see. Acceptances are out at uh, 10 o'clock this morning, but still waiting to see them come up. But um, a couple of interesting things I, I, I thought uh, come out of the meeting. Bally Castle, uh, I thought by the sound of it, one to follow, but uh, given that it hasn't raced since um, July 21. But past the card, what's here? Th- this horse has uh, only had three wins, so class three at best, and it's defeating horses like Tour Master and Toco Dioro, which are proven open company horses. Yeah, and, and, and if you get a chance to watch the video on uh, Racing Queensland's uh, website, uh, you'll see it at the 200, Ross Tilly basically just nursing it along. It was it was very, very impressive. Um, and I know the ownership of Scott Waters and team, I know they've got Expellable as well. Uh, they're very keen on these horses going forward next week. Um, Pass the card, funnily, uh, trained by Sue Grills, formerly now with Gary Bignold. And uh, if you go back through its form, it's um, certainly rock hard fit, which is a, which is a big plus going into to these meetings. I've just seen the uh, acceptances come through for Friday and Saturday at Birdsville, guys. And Pass the card is entered in the Class Three plate over a thousand metres on Friday. It's race two on the program, and John. Uh, barrier two there in a field of six, and uh, the barrier draw for the Cup on Sat on. Did I say Saturday? Sunday is day one. Monday is day two. Got to get used to this. Uh, field yes. of seven for this year's uh, Tab Birdsville Cup. It's Bernie Steiger in barrier six. Sharanda has one. Gypsy Biker in five. Echo Point four. Another plan in three. Breakdance Gate two. And Tony's Reward in barrier seven. Your early tip, Andrew. Oh, look, I, I've got to be biased to the Central West. And look what I've seen with Echo Point thus far. I mean, that win at Longreach was emphatic. Um, he's got a great turn of foot. The mile is is right up his alley. Um, the only probably query, maybe if it's an ultra dusty day in Birdsville and he gets back in the ruck, but um, I believe Quade Crow will be riding, so uh, he'll know what to do from there. Of course, Bernie's Tiger. Um, Rick McMahon booked to ride, which is a big, um, big plus. He's a tough horse, Bernie's Tiger, and I think it's going to be between those two. Yeah, Bernie's Tiger, I'd probably be looking at this stage, but you're right about Echo Point, two impressive wins in the uh, Central West and probably the, a horse that, or both of them uh, possibly, but a horse in the Central West, Echo Point, that's sitting there with that bonus uh, on offer this year. So uh, we'll be able to look at those full fields uh, later on in the day. But there was a horse at Nirmar, I'm just and Tony might be able to help me here because I don't watch too much... Um, uh, TV, but uh, Chicago PD, uh, I'm sure the character in that is Voight, and this horse is out to spill the beans, and uh, that character has a way of making um, the crook spill the beans pretty uh, pretty quickly in that particular show. I don't know whether you guys watch it, but I was intrigued by that name. It's spelt V-O-I-G-H-T. Yeah, I don't hey. know whether you found out after the race, what's he, anything about it? No, that's very sharp, Rob. I wouldn't have even thought to. <laughs> follow something like that up. I just thought it was a good name. <laughs> yeah. I As I said, I don't watch too much TV, but that's one Leanne and I do tune into it. He's, he's a man of, of action and getting uh, the beans being spilt. But 
Uh, just concentrating also on the on the northwest, uh, Andrew, uh, the Mount Isa. I know you follow all these closely. When is your next uh, venture up that way into the northwest this year? Well, pending the birth of my daughter, hopefully the twenty eighth of um, hopefully the twenty eighth of May, up at back up at the Curry. Okay, well that's an, that's that that club's going ahead in leaps and bounds, isn't it? The uh, Cloncurry Club and hey, look, the Mount Isa meeting it really brought Tanya Parry back into the race with the uh, trainers premiership because she's now moved up into third place with twenty nine winners behind Billy Johnson on thirty three and Todd Austin on thirty two. Those three have got a bit of a gap back to Stephen Roy's on eighteen, but what a day up there for Tanya Parry and also Terry Hill, very underrated uh, guy up there. Terry always. Uh, Turns up and supports the meetings, and uh, he rode Wicked Wicky uh, for Tanya in the Open Handicap. And, Andrew, you know this horse well, and uh, I've always been a follower of it. It's a nine-year-old by Wicked Style. Look at the record. 96 starts, 21 wins, and 27 placings, 164000 in prize money. But that track record, 16 wins and 17 minor placings out of 40. He loves it at Mount Isa, and he was too strong for safety and full of fire. You've seen him pretty regularly, though, Wicked Wicky. Yeah, and a good judge, Graham Saunders, mentioned to me Saturday night when having a bit of a debrief of Mount Isa that this is the best he's seen Wicked Wiki in some seasons. He's gleaming in the coat. He's rock-hard fit. And and that win on Saturday over Safty is full of merit. Um, he really ran through the line. He ran some time, 59.47 there at the Isa on the soft going. is good for the 1,000 metres. And He's beaten some good horses over the years up there in Mount Isa. I mean, and plus, it's fantastic to see a nine-year-old still going around um, with the zest for racing as well. And, and good on Tanya for, for being able to get him up for another a season. But uh, as you said, yeah, it was all about Tanya Parry on Saturday with four winners. Um, the first of those came up in race two with my Ola Millie, uh, Keith Ballard in the saddle, three lengths over Farfar, another horse that you follow, Rob, um, <laughs> and Tanya Parry uh, and Terry Hill. And Deadly Divas becoming costly there for punters, uh, went down as a eighty favourite. We've mentioned Wicked Willie. Uh, Wicked Wiki. Son Lily won the maiden and won it impressively by seven and a half lengths. Uh, that was the third of four winners for Tanya Parry. Terry Hill, the second of his treble, beat Mayara, which gave Tanya the Quinella for Keith Ballard. And Mashani Dude, he's just chipping away. He'll, he'll win one of these soon, Mashani Dude, for Sean Royce and Jason Hoopert. And Lord Greystoke, I thought, was a big price in the last, Rob, uh, for Tanya Parry and Terry Hill. That was the fourth of four for Tanya and the third of Terry's treble. Beat Craig Lee Altona, so that's good form. Uh, Tanya Parry and Dan Ballard and All About Me now with Jay Morris and Jenna Edwards. But Lord Greystoke, Rob, formerly with Glenda Bell at Emerald. This is the second start after something went wrong at Cloncurry and won, won pretty impressively. And two newcomers, those two newcomers to Tanya Stable, Lord Greystroke and also Myola Millie, big odds, $15, or $17, $15 respectively, and only having their, uh, I think, was uh, pretty close to their only couple of runs for the stable. I know that was the case for Lord Greystroke in particular, but it wasn't left to uh, Tanya and Terry only because uh, Keith Ballard had that win on Myola Millie and Melissa Berry, um, another winner for that uh, trainer there, deep-seated, of course, Jason Babarovich partner. Um, this one is by Mutahia, a five-year-old gelding. But Dan Ballard climbing on board there, uh, getting the win over girl on top and Gigastar uh, for Jay Morris. But there, yeah, a couple of odds-on favourites sort of going down on the day there. Son Lily was odds-on and got up, but uh, Gigastar... 
And as you mentioned, Deadly Diva, a little bit costly at those odds. And some big odds are coming through at that, that Mount Isa meeting. Yeah, there certainly was. And, of course, uh, the other race on the day was a Stephen Roy's Quinella uh, with Capset getting the cash. He was rolled as an odds-on favourite at Quan Curry last start, but atoned for a good win. Uh, Three-quarters of a length with Jason Hooper in the saddle. Level 8, who loves the eyes, that ran second with Jeff Felix. And third, some uh, 11 lengths away, was Salentis. But, yeah, as, as far as a meeting goes, Rob, there's some pretty juicy odds there. But you can find that occasionally at Mount Isa. And, and similarly, when horses uh, go away from Mount Isa as well, uh, they can improve sharply. So we'll be looking forward to Max Waltham this uh, Saturday. Good on you, Watsi. We appreciate all of that news coming through on Bushbeat this morning. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, boys. Andrew Watts there looking back at Nirmar Cup Day on Saturday as well as uh, an in-depth report for us on what happened at Mount Isa. We've got news on Bowen and Blackall to come, but our next stop off on Bushbeat this week is Thangul. They start to pack up as they come towards the corner. Ancient Echoes just in front. Fab's Cowboy pushed along, but he's coming into it. While she tracks up behind them, and Necessitas to the outside. Into the straight, they're close and compact. Inside, Ancient Echoes, Walshy, Fab's Cowboy, Necessitas the outside. Ancient Echoes kicking strongly. Fab's Cowboy tries hard the outside. Ancient Echoes in front and scores. Ancient Echoes by three quarters of a length from Fab's Cowboy. Necessitas was third and Walshy wound up at the tail end of the field. Only a four horse field, Rob, but plenty of excitement there from the call from Darren, Wil uh, Darren Walker, courtesy of uh, Racing Queensland and on the bit Racing Australia. Uh, the race was the open plate 1400, but it was the Battle of the Bush June 6th open plate highlighting that Thangul will host a leg of the Battle of the Bush this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a couple of those arriving back at Thangul for one of those heats. Yeah, definitely. It's coming up very quickly, the Battle of the Bush, and uh, some of these horses we're keeping an eye on, and one later in the program I'll mention. But a uh, trifecta there for Billy Johnson, and this time Ancient Echoes turned the tables on Fab's Cowboy because he'd been third at Murrumbah. Uh, last start to him, this seven-year-old by So You Think win number eight. As we welcome Darren Walker, uh, good to have you back on Bushbeat again, Darren. And it's an easy way to cover the Thangirl meeting because it came down to a young lady. I'm pretty sure it must be close to her first treble in Talia Fenlon, riding three winners on the program. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Good morning to you and good morning, Tony. Thanks for having me. But, yeah, the, the day was highlighted by a treble there to Talia Fenlon. And also a training double there to Bevan Johnson. So both very good efforts there from those guys. But as you touched on there, the open plate, race four, it was won by Ancient Echoes, who was ridden by Ash Butler, trained by Bevan Johnson. It was the second leg of his double, Ancient Echoes. He was able to lead throughout in a good, strong, on-pace performance to defeat a very brave Fabs Cowboy who was off the bit, as I said, coming towards the corner, but he never gave up, as he always does, and Necessitas ran on well for third. But even though it was only a four-horse race, as you said, it was highly competitive with only two lengths covering them on the line. And as you also mentioned, the first three over the line, trained by Bevan Johnson. And take us through those Talia Fenland wins because she had successive wins in races one and two and bookended the program with the final event on the program. Yeah, well, she kicked things off race number one. It was taken out by the Stephen Rundle trained lieutenant and ridden by Talia, as we said, the first leg of her winning treble. Lieutenant, he was able to bounce quickly and find the fence and take full advantage of that to lead all of the way to defeat Scenic Sight, who battled on Gamely, and the local galloper, Eric Cobra, wound up in third. But it was a good, strong, on-pace performance from Lieutenant 
and a well-rated ride in front from Talia. Yeah, in the uh, second race, the uh, maiden played over the 1,200. She continued on with Glenda Bell and the better-than-ready filly, I'm Strolling. She did. Uh, I'm Strolling, who, as you mentioned there, is trained in Emerald by Glenda Bell. Second leg of Talia's winning treble, I'm Strolling. It shared the lead in the early stages, uh, was able to kick away on straightening and hold off fighting the dog, who put in a good performance, and he's not far off a win and quick battled away for third, but... Now I'm strolling has been able to break through. She may be able to win again in the near future. Um, just jumped to race uh, number five that completed Talia's uh, treble for the day, and this time with Jono Singh and uh, four-year-old Mayor Hemingway, an ex-Tom Button runner having its first run for the stable, Begs Belief. Yeah, this was probably the most impressive winner of the day, uh, Begs Belief. And as you said, third leg of Talia's uh, treble. Begs Belief started the $1.60 favourite, took full advantage of the inside gate to lead throughout to defeat the two-year-old Coriander, who ran well and will be hard to beat at her next start, I'd assume. And Sunnyside Cottage boxed on well for third. But Begg's belief was very impressive, and she's now had two starts at the track for two wins, and she will be winning again over, over the shorter trips. Yeah, you don't see too many 800-metre races, but um, a fan girl tends to ensure there's, there, there is some uh, program there. They go down pretty well uh, with the crowd and the trainers and, and jockeys. Darren? Yeah, they do, Rob. Uh, they're always well-supported. We normally at least have one, maybe two, every, uh, every meeting, and they are normally always very well-supported by the public and starters. We normally... No, normally can get away with a 10 and 12 horse field most times. And you mentioned Billy Johnson with a double. Well, it came in the Thangirl Cup September 10th, the cutest benchmark 50 when taken on chance and Olivia Kendall. Well, it was almost a girl's day out, but Ash Butler spoiled that with the ancient echoes. When tell us about taken on chance. It was a good performance there from taken on chance. He settled well back, one of the few winners to come from well back on the day. He tracked up behind the leaders approaching the turn and he was presented with a dream run through on the inside to hit the front halfway down the straight and hold them off and score by a half length from Havershout, who also ran on from well back in the field. And the early pacemaker, Craig Lee Clinkers, boxed on gamely for third, beaten less than a length. But a good effort there to, from taking on chance, who's now won three of the last six starts. Yeah, mare in form and they tend to continue that way when they get in uh, form. Next meeting for Thangirl, and where's, where's uh, your race calling take you next, Darren? Uh, our next meeting here is the 30th of April, which is uh, three weeks from this Saturday. That's my next uh, calling date. And then after that meeting, that then leads us into our three big meetings of the year. June 6th, the TAB meeting, the Battle of the Bush Qualifier. Uh, July 16th is our big St Joseph's School race day, and they all culminate then with the 10th of September being the running of the Thangirl Cup. So we've got the meeting coming up on the 30th of April and that then leads into three big meetings after that. Amazing, isn't it? That here we are just at the the end of March, beginning of April and we're already starting to look ahead to things like Cups in September and things like that. The year gets away oh so quickly. It certainly does. Good on you, Darren. Appreciate you coming on this morning to wrap up what happened there on the weekend. We'll chat soon.
No problems. Thanks for having me, guys. Darren Bye. Walker looking back there at the Mount Isa program on the weekends. Uh, our man Rob was uh, back in action behind the 10 by 50s at Blackhall on the weekend. Asprey Park loves to do this, free rolling in front. But Brooke Richardson is sitting pretty on uh, Murray's press. No concern at this point. Two lengths back behind them. King Coney on the outside of low-level flying. Now, Nixie Boy is getting a wriggle on. No innuendo being pumped to go forward because it's about six lengths off this leader. Asprey Park as they straighten up and Murray's Press has shot straight past it. Left it sitting there. Murray's Press put about three lengths on Asprey Park. Down the outside, Nixie Boy. No innuendo. Late, but it's one race. It's Murray's Press making a real statement here, Murray's Press. Goes home and wins by ten on no innuendo. Nixie Boy into third. Then we've got Sizzle Sun made up plenty of ground. Par uh, Night in Paradise, a good run. We could almost call her last race Brook. I suppose we can say, Rob, that it was third last race Brook on uh, Morrie's Press there for Shane Iverson taking out the Nutrient Western Ag Class 3 plate at Blackhall on Saturday at the Barco Amateurs. And it was an armchair ride, as she described later on. It was 10.75 lengths uh, over a last start winner in no innuendo at Nixie Boy. But the real story about this particular horse is that someone asked me, well, why would Shane Iverson bring Maurice Press to Blackall? Because uh, since January, at, after that no race at Emerald, it won at the Sunshine Coast. It's had seconds at Ipswich and Toowoomba. In fact, it won its Longreach Maiden uh, back on Melbourne Cup Day, this press statement, Mayor. And basically, Shane indicated, well, the question now he and Basil Nolan have, is this mare going to be set for the Battle of the Bush? Because as he points out, she's a metropolitan standard type horse and he could go that way, but he can't do both things. She only needs two more non-TAB runs, Tony. And this qualifies her then for going into one of the heats. And um, Shane indicated the 1100 metre heat at Emerald is on the scene if they decide to go that path. And this is the sort of horse coming through the ranks that will come in with the right sort of weight because she's only basically a Class 3 galloper now with three wins from nine. And she's exciting. Look, she Brooke Richardson just pushed a button and just sat on her and continued to roar away from the field. And as I said in the call, it was a definite statement being made that uh, this Maurice Press is a horse on the way up. One to really w watch, Tony, for Battle of the Bush, I think. Mm, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that where uh, connections and trainers are now having to make that sort of decision. They're coming up through the ranks. And as we've highlighted before on Bushbeat, you get to the stage of thinking, where do we go next? Uh, can we uh, target a major provincial or, or even dream about taking our horse to town? But at the same time, you've got to then keep an eye on if you want uh, some of these other big prizes that are out there, you've got to have a very, very close look at the qualifying conditions. Oh, definitely. And, uh, look, I wish them well. And uh, Basil Nolan, of course, uh, the, in the ownership or owns this particular mare. It's a very exciting time uh, to be going ahead there with this particular horse. Look, it was a meeting that welcomed back Emma Bell, too, to the uh, jockey ranks. She had had her first meeting back at uh, Longreach, but importantly, as a senior jockey, she rode her first winner, basically leading all the way on Rosaire for Clinton Austin, the Olympic glory four-year-old defeating Wild Element and Strawberry Blonde. So really great to see Emma uh, back in the winner's circle, and it's never easy, that first win as a uh, senior jockey. Clinton Austin was the first of the Black Hole trainers to get the win. David Rewall combined in race two to get a Quinella. Heavens higher, so you think, Mayor, showing good speed. Rick McMahon strong through the line. Defeated the stablemate Zillator with Vinaigrette some distance away in third place. The day saw a double also to uh, Robbie Farr, who's now settled in the Central West in Longreach. 
and uh, he had a double, and he's had a double in recent weeks as well. And one that impressed him was the maiden winner, cultural icon for Tony Williams, the Wangina three-year-old gelding, having its second run for the stable. Defeated Epic Rain and Rebel Wowser, and he thought it was just so raw in its running that he can really see a future for this particular horse. Robbie's other winner came on a very promising mare who's coming of age, uh, Portabelle, a scissor kick four-year-old. Won the benchmark 55, and it's part owned by club stalwart from Tembo, Billy Rogers. Three from four on the track, one here at its last start, over the 1,400, likes the distance, likes the track, and defeated last start winner Mandeville Rocker. And the landing... Um, Craig Smith ventured up all the way from uh, Roma and got a winner with Lucky Enough. Shane McGovern riding the Rich Enough to Victory over Cozzy Can Can, an impressive first up performance from the spell. And Louis the Legend into um, third place. And another winner on this massive eight uh, event program, uh, which I was really pleased to be back behind the binoculars, but going up and down the stairs eight times, I felt it by the end of the day. Um, but Richard Simpson took the cutest money with Surrendre, a love conquers all mare, first up since November 2020. Amazing speed. Timmy Brummel had plenty of time to pat it down the neck as they went past the line, and it defeated the Clinton Austin trained Hallelujah and I'm No Saint. But the story out of Blackhall, basically, Maurice Press, watch where it goes, because if it goes to another non-tab meeting, I think we know it's on the path to the Battle of the Bush, Tony. Yeah, it won't be long before we start talking about the heats, because it's only May 7 that the first of the three heats will roll through for the 2022 Racing Queensland Battle of the Bush series. Heats at Burrandow and Longreach and Mount Isa on May 7, May 8, it's Charters Towers. Uh, May 14 will be Corpy Diggers, Jandawi and Mariba. May 21 at Emerald, May 28 at Cloncurry. Uh, Bowen on the 4th of June, along with Kunnamulla, Gundawindi and Innisfail, all on June 4. Thangul, as we've touched on with Darren Walker, have their heat on the 6th of June. And the last heats to come through at Gainder and Bar Calden on the 11th of June. And that's all before the big final on Saturday at uh, Eagle Farm this year. And that's coming up on June 26. We've got one more meeting that we need to talk about with a couple of uh, lasses making their debut at the racetrack as jockeys. And that was Bowen on Saturday. 500 left to go. Hit Snooze leads a half to Frontalino till everybody third angling out. A length further back was Exactamente. Travers making a run deeper out as they start to flatten out from such a wit. Revenir sticks to the inside. Side and then so you dream down towards the 250 hit snooze the leader about a half in front exactamente's on terms on the outside it's hit snooze and exactamente coming to the hundred they'll fall out hit snooze exactamente exactamente and hit snooze they hit it exactamente exactamente gets home narrowly from hit snooze Fratellino probably third from such a wit revenir making his run late it was near, nearly the uh, fairy tale star for apprentice Kelsey Lenton having her first ride there on the Georgie Holt train. Hit snooze going down by a very slender margin to Exactamente, written by Graham Cleesey and uh, trained by Andrew Cameron. But we also saw another last make her debut at the racetrack at Bowen there on Saturday, Ross, and that was uh, Ross, I should say Rob, and that was Shay Nielsen who uh, ran a third in her first race uh, in the first uh, event on the day on Flaming Asteroid for Johnny Manselman. Yeah, Shay's apprentice to John, and as you said, Kelsey Lenton, apprentice to Georgie Holt. Shay coming third, uh, went down by a length and, well, basically a half on Flaming Asteroid behind Divine Jazz, the Divine Prophet for Benny Williams and Graham Cleesey, and Lenny Rocket was in uh, second place for John Manselman in that particular race. So great to see these young ladies adding to the depths of uh, country 
uh, jockeys, country apprentices, and I'm sure uh, they've got the first day behind them. They'll go on to bigger and better things. And uh, it was a day where Graham Cleesey, of course, um, with that double in both those races we mentioned, it came with Exactamente and uh, Divine Jazz, one for Ben and one for um, Andrew Cameron, of course. Uh, Andrew does all the work there basically at the Owen, at the Bowen track and maintaining all the uh, the conditions and surfaces there. The other winners on the day, Chris Attard for Riskin uh, Rome. Uh, this one is favourite, uh, won Townsville last week and defeated Malongal Drifter and Supreme Prince Carl Spry riding that particular uh, galloper for Chris. Kayla Russell and Masayuki Abe. Abe. Miss Fabulicious. This Fubu mare, uh, very consistent. Two from two at the distance. Townsville wins in placings recently, defeated Chompers and uh, Bold... Bold... What have we got there, Tony? Bold Zip. And I seem to be missing uh, one of my pages here. There was a winner in the... Um, Oh, our recipe, Bonnie Thompson. Oh, good to see Bonnie Thompson uh, back at the races and back riding. This Churchill Downs, we talk about older horses, 10-year-old mare. Uh, four wins from five and a second at the track. Loves it. Our recipe defeated the John Manserman-trained Rambling Man and uh, Silver Planner in for third place. And I've mentioned Risk in Rome, and I think I've covered them all there, but what a day out to get two new apprentices getting their first day. They didn't quite get the win, Tony, but it will only be just around the corner. Yeah, Kelsey ended up with, I think, two seconds and a fifth out of her three rides, and uh, Shay with a, a third placing on her first ride. So wonderful to uh, welcome those lasses to the jockey rooms around the States, and we'll be looking forward to reporting on their first wins down the track. A busy show today. Gee, we've covered some territory. We've got a busy week ahead following on from the tab meeting today at Townsville. Tab racing on Thursday at Dolby. Friday at Rockhampton for day one of the carnival. It's Country Cup Day Friday. And then the Capricornia Yearling Sale Classic for the two-year-olds and championship for the three-year-olds on Saturday. And that's before, of course, the 2022 Capricornia Yearling Sale coming up on Sunday in Rockhampton. Non-tab meetings this weekend. We're off to Atherton, Home Hill, Gundawindi and McIntyre Picnic Race Club with their Picnic Cup meeting. Maxelton Cup Day Saturday, also racing at Gympie. And, of course, the weekend extends into Sunday and Monday with uh, Birdsville on uh, Sunday for day one, Birdsville Cup Day day two. Yeah, looking forward to seeing all that uh, coverage live on Sky, of course, TAB meetings and uh, moving into autumn and then into winter. It only just builds up country racing. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au if you have any any great stories or results you would like mentioned or anything your club is doing to promote country racing. And we'll be back next week, Tony. Uh, to yourself and uh, listeners, good morning this morning. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to Rob Luck, to Andrew Watts and to Darren Walker for joining us on the show this week on Bushbeat. As always, our podcast will be out later today on Awushka. If you missed any of the show, you'll be able to uh, catch all of the uh, the replay action there. We'll put that link out on our Twitter handle, at Radio Tab Oz, and it will also appear later in the day on the Facebook page for On The Bit Racing Australia. Good luck to all the clubs racing this weekend. Safe and happy racing. And we'll join you again next week on Bushbeat.